Hello. Today we're going to discuss some things. Uh, we're going to talk about the deaths of recent presidential, well, former presidential first lady Barbara Bush, uh, one of the greatest and uh, funniest SNL people of all time, the lead actor of Night Court, and the former Beep Beep Richie from the It TV special, Harry Anderson, and unfortunately as well, Ari Ermey from the great and amazing Full Metal Jacket. I also got games of the day, some music news possibly, and a rebuttal till the otherly. Oh, that's going to be sweet. As well, I might have a little special message from Betty White. Betty, I hope you're ready. Now, without further ado, let's delve into Machiavelli's Mind. Before we start today's episode, this is going to be on the first five episodes. I think I'll do that. I'm going to have a brief rundown of how the show works. Each segment of the show is individually put up. So that way you could skip forward if there per se is a spoiler or if you had to leave during listening experience and had to pause the episode and to continue listening at a further time, you could go right to the segment you left off on in case something happens where, let's say I have an hour long show. You don't have an hour. You only have a half hour to listen. You could pause and then pick up where you left off previously. Um, it also gives me a chance in between segments to get a drink, something to eat, and reevaluate where I want to go with the show. So uh, that's why it is the way it is, and I hope you enjoy on the first segment. Hey, everybody. We're going to start this show off with a bang. I have a pretty racy question to ask. But before I do, I want to give you the opportunity to turn back now, or better yet, skip to the next segment if you are uncomfortable with sexual talk, and, you know, just skip forward if you want. But I would like to give you a couple seconds to do that now. Alright, that was the couple seconds, so, um... This is a question for the straight men in my audience, the guys who prefer anal to vaginal. Now, I'm not one to kink shame. I have no problem with kinks. I know people who are into foot fetishes. I know people who like to get farted on and smell the asshole of their significant other. That's 
weird to me, but I'm not going to bust on your parade. I know people who are in the golden showers. I know a lot of interesting individuals. But this is just a question that piqued my in, my curiosity, and I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. Why do some men, straight men, prefer anal to vaginal? Now, I understand for a guy, it's because it's more tighter, and it would have a better grip around your member. You know, help you get off faster. The tighter the hole, the more friction, and you more easily it would be for you to finish. Understandable. I get that. But the problem with it is you got to lube up the asshole or you're going to hurt her. And to be honest, even from the beginning of all this, it's kind of degrading for the girl and uncomfortable for the girl. Now, I know a few women who are into anal, and that's cool, whatever. But for the most part, it's got to be kind of degrading. For a girl to want to give herself to you, her vagina's ready, glistening, and prepared for you if you were doing it right, and she's that into you, and you tell her to turn it around so you can plug up her asshole? Uh, I mean, that's kind of degrading, and let's be honest, a tiny bit gay. I mean, here you have a wonderful gift of, you know, the vagina, where you could go to town, you could taste test, you could uh, finger it, you could uh, go to town with your peen in that vein, you know what I'm saying? But um, it's just a weird thing to me that I – I mean I understand that if you're going to town vaginally and you don't want to finish – and you want to finish cider – but you don't want a kid to pull it out and go right for the ass and then finish up there. But, you know, it's just to have a preference of anal when you have a perfectly good working, winking uh, honeypot like that. It's just weird to me. And like, like I said, it's a little gay because – you would rather an asshole than a vagina, in a sense. I mean, there are cross-dressers and twinks out there who would love to have your genitals inside them. And they could look just as pretty as any girl. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. This isn't to be offensive. I'm just saying. If you love anal, there's some gay guys out there who would love to have it. I'm not saying that all gay guys do. I'm just saying I know a lot of spunky gay individuals who would love to have a strapping young lad to go out with. But I digress. <sighs> Anal versus vaginal, what's your opinion? Oh, and uh, to the sisters on the other side of the fence, do you suffer the same problem in the um, lesbian Lesbinia, is that what they called it? Do you prefer getting your vagina licked or your butthole licked? Have you ever got your salad tossed? 
these are the curious questions that keep me awake at night and make me go, what the hell am I thinking? Did I did I eat paint chips as a child? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, give me a feedback on this. Yeah. All right, now that that is out of my head and into the world, let's get serious for a minute and bring down the lights for three great entertainers. Um, most recent, well, not most recently. We're gonna get into that. Uh, we have lost some greats. Uh, the first one I found out about was Barbara Bush, one of the first ladies of the United States. Um, she's the mother of George Bush Jr. and the wife of George Bush Sr. Both interesting presidents. They had their candidacy, yes. And they did their job, and they did what they they did. I'm not going to go into politics. This is about Barbara. Now, Barbara having to deal with these two, though, I'm sure <laughs> gave her quite a run for her money. But uh, she was a, seemed to be a respectful older woman. But maybe she wasn't. But I, I'm going to go with the positives today because we're celebrating her life. And uh, so I did a little reading up on some sites, uh, credit mostly to Wikipedia. And uh, I found out that she worked to advance the cause of universal literacy. Founding the Barbara Bush Foundation for Family, Family Literacy, which honestly, that's awesome. Uh, we need more kids to be able to read, write, and communicate because uh, it seems like nowadays that's what way downhill. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's amazing because as a first lady, you have responsibilities. You have responsibility to do something progressive and productive with your time with your husband's time spent in the white house and it'll be the same for the first lady president once she gets in office her husband will be expected to do something productive with his time instead of just you know chilling on the couch and watch her work but barbara bush um rest in peace you did a great job as the first lady and as the mother of George Bush, I'm sure you kept him in line the best you could. So, Barbara, nothing but respect for. Uh, rest in peace. Now, this next one I'm going to talk about is not the next one I heard of, uh, heard about, but I want to save the third one for last because I'm going to go into a whole big thing about that guy. But uh, the next celebrity that I want to have rest in peace is Harry Anderson. This guy was a funny son of a bitch, and uh, apparently he did almost four years in SNL, starting in 81 and ending in 85. He apparently was one of the better comedians on SNL and actually broke out. And got into Cheers for a while there. I honestly can't remember him in Cheers. But then again, I can't remember much of 
my childhood. So, but I'm positive he was hilarious in there. He also did Night Court for years. Now, I didn't get to watch Night Court as a child or as a young man, but I did get to start watching it recently on Laugh TV, and it is some of the funniest shit to watch him work off his co-workers and to see his antics as a judge who's obsessed with magic tricks. This show is actually pretty fucking funny. Um, the cast is amazing, and it's great. And Harry Anderson really holds the whole thing together as this, mostly the center focus. Like, it's his court, it's his story, and it's his friends. But it's just like how J.D. is with Scrubs. Like, he's the comedic main uh, protagonist, and all of his friends are goofy, lovable sidekicks who just draw that show in and make it amazing. I'm not going to say the best, but it's actually really fucking funny. He also did an episode on Tales from the Crypt, which, if you know me, I love horror. I love Tales from the Crypt. I think it was one of the better of the, you know, that genre of scary stories told on TV. It was a great TV series, and the fact that Harry Anderson was on it is pretty cool. And last but not least, he was Beep Beep Richie from the original it tv series and it he was pretty good in there he was the jokester the prankster uh the wise ass the smooth talker in there and also the only one that kept questioning why the fuck are we going after a scary ass clown in the sewer after we escaped i get that kids are dying and shit but we escaped once why the fuck are we coming back here especially after our friend died over this so, Harry Anderson, it seemed like he was one of the better comedians, and apparently he was had a love and passion for magic. He apparently went on a tour for uh, a while. A tour as a magician, uh, da, 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 and toured extensively as a magician, and did a broadcast called Harry Anderson's sideshow where he did tricks and stuff so that's pretty fucking sweet you know what i mean uh so harry anderson god bless you man you put in your time and you did a hell of a job so rest in peace harry and i hope you got all the respect you deserved we'll go into more an interesting thing i found out about harry later but last but not least R. Lee Ermy. I know earlier it sounded like Re, like when I said his name, but I said Lee. So let's just address that before that turns into a thing. But that's not what this is about. Uh, R. Lee Ermy was a former Marine Corps vet. And he is a badass. He had some of the greatest roles in TV and movies. And hell, he was in a bunch of fucking video games too. Uh, but he did, let's go over some of his time in television and films. On TVs, he was also in an episode of Tales from the Crypt, which is pretty cool. 
he was in X Files for a little bit. He, well, he was on an episode of X Files as a minister. Uh, let's see here. TV. Sh- Did you know he was also a voice actor? Yeah, apparently he was a voice actor on TV in cartoons like SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, Angry Beavers. Uh, he was Gregory House's father. He was in Batman and Brave and the Bold. He was in, uh, fuck, what else? I had a whole list here. Uh, 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 oh, the surfer one. Damn it. What was it called? Oh, you prick. He was in Toy Story as Sarge, of course. Uh, Rocket Power. That's it. He was in Rocket Power. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Well, one of them. As General Sin. And, of course, Family Guy. But, you know, he was in an episode of Law & Order, SVU. Which, I love that show. I think it's one of the funniest. Well, not funny. Damn. That was dark. One of the most interesting, important shows to see. And he was also uh, the father in a the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. That oh, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre as uh, the sheriff, which is the oh, and he was the janitor's father in Scrubs. That's right. That was a cool fucking episode. Invader Zim as Sergeant Hobo. Man, he did a lot of fucking cool shows. I'm just going back through some of these shows that he jumped in on and. Of course, The Simpsons, who had, who, if, you know, you're somebody, you're on The Simpsons, and I'm glad he was on The Simpsons. But yeah, he did a lot. Miami Vice, he was on a lot of cool shit. Uh, he did a lot of great voice acting. He did a lot of great movies. His most famous role is in Full Metal Jacket. And that's where he truly shined for me. That I think I, I've never seen the movie in its full entirety, but I'll tell you this damn straight that I have watched his uh, his uh, clips on YouTube, and I see when he chews pot, Private Pile and the rest of the uh, recruits out, and that is damn funny and damn intimidating. I would be shitting my pants if somebody like the Sarge screamed at me like that. I would just. Just evacuate every ounce of bowels in terror. But, uh, shit. But, yeah, uh, uh, Arlie Army, march your way straight to heaven, kick in those doors, and set them straight. You're a great man, you've served your country. In more ways than one, you went to into war, you loaded up ammo, and you kept our f- soldiers safe-ish, and you also were amazing in so many fucking roles. Thank you so much for all your contribution. Rest in peace. Uh, let's uh, move on to an interesting movie I found 
while I was searching uh, Harry Anderson's IMBD. Let's listen together. So speaking about Harry Anderson, uh, one movie had – oh, a TV movie. Let me address that elephant in the room. Uh, caught my eye and tickled me in a spot that I don't think that it's ready for the sexual harassment lawsuit. Uh, the show was TV movie. Yet again, let's address that. Was called Spies, Lies, and Naked Thighs. Now, when I saw that, I immediately went, I need to know what the fuck this is. And unfortunately, Wikipedia doesn't have a page dedicated to it. So I went to good old IMBD. And the summaries didn't let me down. <clears throat> In this spoof of spy films, Alan, a UN translator, and his kindergarten teacher wife, Beverly, get roped into helping foil a presidential assassination plot by an unlikely G-man, who just so happens to look like Alan's old college buddy, Freddy. But before Freddy can finger the real high, hired gun, a cold-hearted killer with a penchant for using his kitchen tools to do the deed, Alan and Beverly must first rule out some strange and unusual suspects. Now, that sounds fucking amazing. And I'm sure it's a great fucking movie. Uh, but it was made in 1988, so the likelihood of me finding it on a, you know, not less than desirable way is slim and none. But that I will make that a movie suggestion for today. If you could find that TV movie in, from 1988, Spies, Lies, and Naked Thighs, let me know. Check it out. Fucking find that shit. Find that shit. Watch that shit. And then, if you bought it, send me that shit. No, I'm kidding. But uh, it looks actually pretty funny. And I'm going to save the page, and if I get my Facebook page active and, you know, Instagram, Twitter, blah, 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 I'll be sure to send the link for this IMBD site so you could see this fantastic uh, visual thing, the picture for the movie. It's goofy. But, yeah, I just wanted to just shove that Big balls right in your face and let you smell deep the glory that is spies, lies, and naked thighs. Check it out if you could find it. And then let me know where you found it. <laughs> Alright. Well, while we're in the topics of movies, I saw a recent film that I think is going to get an Oscar or some shit called A Quiet Place. Now, this is the non-spoiler portion, so don't get scared and skip to the next section and get pissed off if you find out it's the spoiler section. So here's the non-spoiler section. Now, this movie is – if you watched any, any of the previews, you know there's going to be creatures involved. Now, the whole premise of the movie is that these monsters activate on sound. They 
hunt on sound and they do stuff on sound. That's not a spoiler. That's obviously the reason why it's called a fucking quiet place. If you couldn't figure that out from the name and fucking uh, previews of people holding their mouths trying not to scream while the ladies having childbirth in a fucking bathtub, then you're not really getting understanding what the hell the whole point of previews are for. So a non-spoiler that you find out very early in the morning in the morning in the movie is that the reason why they survive so long is they know sign language and the reason they know sign language is because their elder daughter is deaf she is deaf and cannot hear so they all know sign language that's how they communicate and have stayed alive for so long which is awesome that is an aspect of the movie that I respect more than anything else in this fucking movie. The fact that taking something that was created for the disabled, the hearing impaired, not the same, sorry, for the hearing impaired and putting it to a movie and putting it in the front of the movie. And if it's actual sign language, that Jim from the office is the greatest fucking thing ever. You are awesome. That is fantastic. It is a thoughtful thing to do. It is a provocative fucking move for this movie, and it is awesome. The only downfall to that and having it to be quiet the whole movie is that you have to read subtext, subtitles, which if you're an avid anime fan, you know the, peop- the kind of people who like to watch – anime from japan but you know we'll never get shipped to america because fuck us and have to read the subtitles you won't have a problem with this movie for people that like old films you know the black and white the talkies they used to call them you'll understand uh you'll enjoy this too you won't have a problem reading subtitles but it does uh wear on you a little bit when the entire movie basically is in subtitles and you're just reading. It's like that one picture of the cats when the thing has subtitles. You're looking down at the bottom, you're looking up quick so you don't miss the scene. You look down at the bottom, see what they said, look up quick. It's a, it's, it's a good movie. I'm not going to say it's the greatest movie of all time because it does get predictable in certain things, especially if you're an advent horror fan like I am. A lot of horror movies leave you wanting, uh, craving more. A lot of horror movies nowadays just go for the blood factor, like the oh my god, he's getting eviscerated, oh my god, this is gory kind of thing that's not really scary. And then the pop jump scares where it's like you know it's coming or it's just cheap for being cheap. Like it's not – there's no buildup. It's just, hey, he turned over the corner. And, you know, you got a fucking monster that pops out with spooky hands out and goofy-looking face like he's about to come on your fucking chest. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, interesting movie with wholesome values, and it's got a nice sub-story in it. Um, I will go into spoilers in the next segment, so and, – and I'll give you a chance to skip in the next segment, but – there's some things about it 
that drive me fucking crazy. And my buddy Steve will admit to this if I ever have him on the show and if we ever talk about this on the show again. But the guy who played Jim in The Office directed it. He he starred in it, and he does a very good job of expressing on his face like he has perfect action and body movement in it you can you can feel the fear when he does an action when he has to keep his kids quiet he, he shows the fear of shut the fuck up or we're going to die <laughs> it's it's a good movie for the most part it's just got some plot holes that oh boy drill hole in it like a victim from saw and we'll go into those next but first i want to say this is a good movie if you have the money to decide buy, uh, go see a ticket go get yourself a ticket and watch it in theaters if you feel like it but for the most part i would be honest in saying it's a red box rental because it does have a f- kind of artsy feel to it but it is good it's beautifully recorded it's got it doesn't show the monsters right away you know you don't fucking see you get this skitter like what the fuck does it look like oh my god it's coming what the fuck is that holy fucking shit kind of thing but they do bust their nut and show the creature a couple times but it's not a bad monster design but yet again i'm not gonna go into that now stay tuned for some spoilers and uh, my final verdict on it so well my final verdict is it's a good fucking movie to go see it but spoilers all right now i'm gonna give you a couple seconds to get your shit together and decide whether or not you want to hear any spoilers about this movie because i am gonna delve deep in this movie's butthole about certain plot holes and certain things that wait not all negative. It's not going to be all negative. Uh, some things I'm going to talk about be like, oh shit, this fucking shit happened. So I'll give you a couple seconds, even though you have like 30 right now. All right, enough of that shit. Okay, so to begin with, uh, you get to see a scene that reminds me of an old anime I used to watch on Adult Swim. A scene in that anime that still has traumatized me to this day where there's this lady who basically fought the blue gender. By the way, the anime is called Blue Gender. And she sees this little girl standing in the middle of the road. And she's just staring at this little girl in a slow motion montage because it, it take it's like it's all in the and the speed of an actual couple seconds. So she's looking at this little girl who just survived uh, her village getting attacked by the giant insects in Blue Gender. And, oh, this is a spoiler for Blue Gender too. Sorry. Um, and then the, the, like, in a split fucking second, whoosh, you just see this giant, like, Hercules beetle-looking monster thing just fucking eat the face off this little fucking girl now let's wind it back to why i brought that up in basically the first 
fucking eight to ten move, minutes of the movie. Uh, the guy who played Jim from the – I should really get his name. Uh, fuck. It is kind of offensive to people being like, oh, you played so-and-so from The Office. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, John Cranston. Krensiski? John Krensiski. Uh, he, he tells his kid, you can't get this rocket ship. It's too fucking loud. So he takes the batteries out of it. And he puts it on a table with the batteries right next to the fucking thing. So the daughter, who is deaf, realizes the batteries out can't make a sound. Not a danger anymore. So she gives it to the kid, puts her finger to her lip and goes, like our little secret. Uh, unbeknownst to them, because they both left the little bastard alone with the batteries and the rocket ship after she had it to him, she picks up the batteries. So you know where this is going. So they reach the bridge. As we've seen in the cutscene in the trailer, he starts playing with the rocket ship. And it's making all sorts of fucking noise. And you see Kransky? Uh, Kransky? Yeah, Kransky. Whatever. Jim from The Office. I like to imagine that this is Jim after the office and all shit broke loose and the actual like serial killer in that's a backstory in the office is actually these monsters killing people at random. But uh, yeah, <laughs> so you see him put the other kid down and make a bucket for the fucking kid and right before he gets to him at the end of the bridge, the kid is snatched. He is dead. Dead. Gone. You don't see that kid for the rest of the fucking movie. And there is this tension between the daughter and the dad for the rest of the movie because of what happened. Now, the father has forgiven her and really isn't mad at her, but it still breaks his heart that his kid's gone. But she doesn't forgive herself. She thinks her father hates her. And that's the interesting between storyline between them two. And it is a, a decently emotional scene near the end uh, when, spoilers, he sacrificed himself to save his children. When a monster catches up to them and starts trying to get to them at them from in the car. Him and the wife had an earlier scene where they go. If we can't protect them, then who are we? What worth do we have? And it's, it's a good scene. It's a great movie. But uh, let's get to the monsters. <sighs> Man. So Jim, as I'm going to keep calling him because it makes me happy thinking that the obvious continued into apocalyptic situation where I feel like Dwight created some sort of monsters from his beet farm. But listen, anyway, that's my personal story. That's my fanfic, if you will. So the dad wants to help his daughter here again. So he keeps working on hearing aids, 
trying to create a better hearing aid so that she can hear in case things come. So turns out that the frequency that when these creatures are around, they're almost like demon entities. They make the lights flicker. They make uh, speakers produce static. They they fucking have technology go haywire, which is going to bring up the next point that I'm going to bring up about their weakness. Now, it turns out when they come near the, the deaf daughter that her hearing aid goes fucking crazy and starts hanging uh, – putting out this high-frequency squeal that hurts her ear but also hurts their ear because they have heightened senses of hearing. That is correct, ladies and gentlemen. These things are blind. They can't fucking smell, so they rely completely on hearing. Now, here's the deal about these creatures. They have a protective shell around their body that opens up when they're about to feed. It opens up on the side so they can hear. But other than that, they're completely impervious. Like Their body cannot take any damage from firearms or I'm guessing explosives since, you know, why the fuck wouldn't the government drop a bomb on these things? But... All in all, these things are impervious to damage as long as their shell is down. But when their shell goes up to reveal their mouth and their ear holes, they are vulnerable then. Only then can they take damage. Now, the problem with that is why wasn't a sniper able to pop one of these things? Why would a bomb not work? If they're hearing the sound of it dropping, wouldn't they rush to it with the ready to eat whatever the fucking sound is? And then when they're about to attack it, it would blow the fuck up and eviscerate them. But that is a major plot hole in the movie. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. You go, how did humanity get wiped out by these things? We have so many ways to defer them and deter them. Killing by just doing sound-based things like put a car on auto drive and like have a drive off with a bunch of explosives in it. Then when they get to the car to tear it up and try and get who's ever in there, which would be nobody if you're smart enough, fucking blow up the car. Boom. Fucking things go flying. They take massive damage. If their fucking shells open, they're going to be dead. But uh, so – Anyway, Jim from the office sacrifices himself for his kids, and uh, the mother, daughter, and the newborn baby and the son are in the cellar. Spoilers, they survive. And the creature comes down the cellar, and it's hunting them. And the the wife has the husband's shotgun, and it's panic mode because this thing is about to kill her entire family, baby and all. And, uh... They notice that it hates sound because the computers start going haywire and the speakers start, you know, so it smashes the computers. The daughter finally, at the end of the fucking movie, figures out, oh man, high frequency. So she takes off her, her, um, oh, what's, I literally just called it ear thing. Damn. It's late, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry. 
and puts it up to a microphone that he uses to he used to do SOSs on the, the radio. So she puts up puts it under the thing, it damages it. It's screaming, it's squealing, and then the mother takes the opportunity to shoot it in the face because it's fucking flaps, its shell is going crazy, blah 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 blah. So she shoots it in the face and it goes down for the first time. And then it gets back up. Apparently it can sustain shotgun blasts in the face, even with the shell up. So the daughter turns the volume up and turns on the speakers around her and then turns up her hearing aid. That's it. And then high pitches, screeches, the monster, monster can't handle it. Its brain blows up or some shit and it's dead. And then, you know, I think they're setting up for a sequel, but we'll see what happens. Like the monster design was pretty cool, but the fact that it wiped out all of humanity, that's, that's a little far-fetched to me. It's the same thing I say about zombie apocalypse. In a zombie apocalypse, you really think all of humanity is going to get wiped out? In Pennsylvania alone, we could have a fucking standoff with 10,000 zombies and still have enough fucking ammunition to take on Al-Qaeda. Are you fucking kidding me? Let's be honest. The zombie apocalypse would be set the fuck down in about a week. Unless that shit gets airborne, then we're probably all fucked. But... Anyway, it was a good movie. I don't have any major problems with it. It's just some – the subtitles and the monster actually being strong enough to wipe out all of humanity except little groups scattered throughout. I mean maybe the sequel will reveal that there's bigger monsters or something. I don't know, but it's, it's good for what it is. So do yourself a favor and check it out. So I am going to now give you some video game suggestions. This is the part of the show where I'm going to spout off uh, some video games, and you can check them out or don't check them out. Fuck me, right? But no, seriously, uh, these are some games that I was looking at, looking into, and or playing that I thought would be interesting for other gamers to play. And enjoy. So check them out, and I hope you enjoy. So starting off with the first game of the three, which will be a hopefully uh, every show thing. Uh, let's start off with a game that I have been intrigued by. I've been watching YouTubers play it, and I've been watching other people play it. Well, mostly YouTubers, but... It's a game called Fortnite. Now, apparently this game has a survival aspect to it. I mean, everyone I've seen play it does the Fortnite Battle Royale, which is based on Battle Royale game genre, uh, where you go in as a team of four, drop in to the city, and pick a location. You can uh, use your pickaxe to uh, mine... <laughs> buildings and use the material from the buildings or trees or whatever to construct new walls and new weapons, new equipment, new etc. It is more for that I see because the community really loves the Battle Royale version of that game. So, but 
apparently there is a main story to the game where I'll read the description off the Wikipedia. Fortnite is set in a contemporary Earth where a, the sudden appearance of a worldwide storm caused 98% of the world's population to disappear and zombie-like creatures to rise and attack the remainder. Considered by Epic as a cross between Minecraft and Left 4 Dead, Fortnite has up to four players cooperating on various missions on randomly generated maps to collect resources, build fortifications around defensive objects that they are meant to help fight the storm and protect survivors, and construct weapons and traps to engage in combat with the waves of these creatures that attempt to destroy the objectives. I honestly didn't know about this mode. That screams to me more than any mode in this fucking game. Because I'll be honest, I liked Minecraft, but I was a Terraria guy more because I like 2D side-scrolling shit. And uh, Minecraft allowed you to build anything. And Left 4 Dead is my jam. If you know me in person and you are my friend of more than let's say 8 to 10 years you know I loved Left 4 Dead on I believe it was 360 it first came out but I could be wrong it might have been on the original Xbox that game was so much fun oh my god when you played as the undead and tried to kill the, the players it was fun it was a fun game it's still a fun game it's still got a fan base going it's not as prevalent as it was but it's still got a fan base going. Uh, do yourself a favor. If you like shooters and you like a building sandbox mechanic and you love the game called PUBG, check this out. I'm positive if you're a shooter fan and you love you know, the whole team building exercise and the troll, if you like to troll, my friends, go experience Fortnite right now. Alright, moving on to the next game. It is a game that you've heard once before if you listen to Bill Thigpen with the Raptor on Inside You. It is a game called Friday the 13th. The game, obviously. Uh, this is not to be confused with I believe it was an NES classic Friday 13th, but it still is pretty good game. Now, unfortunately, this game is starting to lose momentum right now, but I feel like it can be revitalized with some DLC and stuff. So let me just disclose the premise before I shit all over this game, which I'm not going to do because this game's amazing. You play as either the camp counselors whose duty is to survive. Your whole mission in the game is to survive as the camp counselors. You want to escape Jason in any means possible. Now, I'm not going to go through all the ways of escaping, but you do also get a chance to play as Tommy Jarvis from the Friday 13th series. But... Only if so you do the correct things to get that. There's not a really great way to kill Jason, but there has been rumor that there is a way to kill Jason in the game. 
and that is a victory condition if you can put Jason down. Um, you also on the other side of this, one player plays as Jason. Now your duty, of course, is to kill all the camp counselors before they escape. You get special powers and special abilities to do so. One of which is a teleportation, where you could warp from one side of the map to the other. Let's be honest, it's a little broken, but it's also fair in the sense that you're one versus four, possibly more. Your job is to kill all the camp counselors with your powers. The second ability is uh, a warp of some of some sort, where you go into slow motion and you can fast forward to a location in front of a counselor, a counselor, a counselor, and grab them and kill them in very gruesome, beautiful displays of pure destruction and just viscerating them. Each there are multiple Jasons, starting from two all the way to Jason X. Uh, you could have Baghead Jason, you could have like Demon Jason, you could have that weird fucking Jason where he had the like the fucking gardening gloves and shit. And of course Jason X Jason, which I think that's DLC, but anyway. Your job is to please mother who is constantly fucking in your head like Kill them, Jason. Kill them. Which, it's a fun game. Uh, I haven't gotten to play it, but our good friend Mark has played it and has murdered viciously many camp counselors. You'll get to hear his gameplay on Inside You with Bill and the Raptor. Uh, but yeah, I highly suggest it if you love like the whole multiplayer Team versus one, like in uh, that monster game from years ago that I'm sure I will put on one of these lists someday. But yeah, check it out, especially if you're a horror fan and you love Friday 13, the series. Oh, not the series, the movie series, the TV series had nothing to do with Jason. But check it out. I recommend it highly. And finally, but not least... For you strategy lovers out there, the tactical card game Delvers, who love strategy card games and monster killing, I've got the fucking game for you. Now, this is a personal favorite of mine. I have been playing this almost every day, nonstop. I am obsessed with it, and I'm constantly waiting for freaking... Uh, updates and dlcs about it it is awesome to me because i love calculating i love strategizing and i love card games um the game is called slay the spire you play as one of two people third person coming out soon hopefully and you go in and you go through a dungeon of sorts like there's three stages each stage ends with a boss battle now, in order to fight monsters in the dungeon, you have to use card attacks. You have an energy meter on your bottom left. You usually start with three, but you can get artifacts that will grant you more, that will grant you special abilities and buffs and debuffs to your enemy and all that stuff. You, can get, you will probably get a cursed card or two trying to get some of the special events, like you get an artifact, but you get a curse. 
uh, curses usually do damage to you, but there are some that give you debuffs and all that stuff. It is a fun game. Um, it's hard to go into it more, but if if you like the whole adventure thing, one one uh, character is has constant health regeneration from the very start, which is kinda honestly easy mode, and they get better attacks and better offensive strikes. The other one is based off defense and poisoning your opponent. Well, not your opponent, but the enemy monsters. It is... I'm not giving it the justice it deserves right now. It is a fun fucking game. Uh, if you love strategy games or card games like that, uh, like if you used to play that shit back in the day on uh, some of the Flash game sites, there was a Flash game back in the day where you use cards, you could play multiplayer, you could activate a card, and you get a shield, and it would last for two turns, and your opponent's damage would be halved, and then you could get sword buffs to power up your your cards, and you could keep playing these cards for the cost of things, kind of like Magic the Gathering. But I, I digress. It is a fun game. Go check it out if you can, uh, if you're interested. If you're not interested... Uh, if you're not a strategy card guy, if you don't like strategy games, if you don't like roguelikes, because trust me, you're going to die. Maybe not on the first boss, but definitely on the second most likely. You're not going to get through the entire run on your first run, most likely. Maybe you're f better than me. You think you're better than me? You want to try to be better than me? Try to kick my ass in the game that I like? Try it out. Enjoy it, and I hope you like it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are halfway through this podcast, and I have a special message. A message about interfuckingtainment. If you want to have another wonderful listening experience, please tune in to Inside You with Bill Thigpen and the Raptor. They are fucking hilarious they are fucking glorious and they are such wonderful fucking people they talk about the topics that you need to hear about not that you want them or maybe you do but they are topics that you need to hear and to listen to they are getting some great interviews in there they're getting new guests and they have such glorious glorious fucking merchandise check it out Listen and learn about the life that you need to listen about. Check it out. You need to. Today. Pause the recording now. Uh, well, actually finish mine. And then go and find their shit and listen to it. You need to. You need to. You need to. Stop what you're doing. Focus on my words. Go listen to Inside You with Bill Thickpen and the Raptor. That is it. So, uh, a small bit of music news today. Uh, well, not today. It was like a couple days ago where I heard about this, that Rammstein is making a new CD. And they haven't made a CD in about nine long years. Uh, 
the lead guitarist, I believe. Yep, uh, Rob Stein guitarist says that it might be the last one. Uh, that's unfortunate because, like I said, there's not. Well, I haven't said it in this, but I'll say it now. There hasn't been much great music coming out as of late, especially not for us rockers and metalheads. There's been a lot of screamo shit, like, you know, which if you're into that, good on you. That's fantastic. But I like classic metal. I like pump. I like fucking jamming. I like to know what my fucking lyrics are. I like to scream that shit out. Motherfucker. I will sing Master Puppets any day, all day. And I am a massive Rammstein fan. Or should I say Rammstein? I adore Rammstein. And I hope when they put this album out, they go on a tour one last time. And I hope. God, I could get tickets for their go-away tour if they should go away, which please don't, please. <sighs> music is dying, like in my in my personal opinion, music is dying. I, I hate most songs nowadays. <sighs> I just please, <laughs> but I mean, uh, uh, there's some classicer. Rock bands, metal bands, they're still going, but Rammstein will always have a part, place in my heart. I love Du Hast. I love uh, Firefly. I love like a lot of their shit. Like, I would go on a whole list now, but I don't want to make this podcast longer than it has to be because it's almost an hour already, and I feel like at the end it's going to be a two-hour fucking podcast. Yeah, but yeah, anyway, Rammstein, new CD, how fucking pumped are you? If you're not pumped, get off my planet. This is fucking awesome. I fucking love Rammstein, but yeah. All right, uh, this is part of the show where I'm going to suggest three songs. Um, You could look them up. You could choose them, you could love them, you could leave them, but these are three songs that I personally find absolutely awesome, and uh, you should just check them out if you want to just diversify your taste in music. Um, just g- give it a give it a chance. Like if you if you like metal or weird shit <laughs> to put it uh, check out these three songs number one Cersei from Ghost it, I love this song it remind, it just I, lo- I love it I am not a big fan of the Satanist talk like I'm not I, I'm you know a, not into that stuff but Ghost Cersei doesn't directly, you know, talk about the whole Satan worship thing, which, thank God, because that gets uncomfortable after a while. But check it out. It's a great song. The music video is even better. These guys, Ghost 
is amazing. Check out Ghost in any shape, way, or form. But for this segment, I do three songs. You can check them out. You don't have to check them out. But Cersei. Uh, next is Mindless Self-Indulgence's new song. I don't know how new it is, but it's new. Uh, it gets worse. The beat of this song, it makes you jump. It makes you just dance. Like, I love MSI. Mindless Self-Indulgence gets you pumped. It gets you in. Now, honestly, some lyrics are a little offensive. Like, from my favorite song, Whack, they unfortunately say a derogatory term multiple times in the song. But I love the song Whack as well. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Talking about it gets worse. And I feel like it should be the theme song for most things in life. So it gets worse. Check it out. And to throw it back to old school, if you like metal and you're an old school metal fan, check out Danzig's Mother. I can't tell you how many times out of nowhere this song will just burst into my head like a parasite and latch onto my brain and just make my nipples hard. I love this song. Mother. Yeah, but check it out. It's a great song, and I hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Buckle in, folks, because now is the time where I address a topic that was discussed on Inside You. My, this is my rebuttal to the elderly. <clears throat> I had to drink almost half a bottle to prepare myself for this. Of water, not vodka or any alcohol. But yeah, to the elderly. I have a love-hate relationship with you guys. There are so many elderly people I absolutely adore that I have nothing but the utmost respect for. Elderly like my grandmother. She's a very nice woman. She's helped me out a lot in my life. And, you know, when I needed her the most, she was there and she helped me out. And uh, she's a good person. There's a, a woman from work who will be unnamed who is as frail as a fiber board in the rain but has also stopped theft, a thief. And they deserve a medal of honor. There's elderly people from work that I know that are no longer there that were the coolest fucking people, like the sweetest fucking people who I would sit down with and have a cup of coffee if I drank that shit. They are awesome people. Uh, there's this one older woman who comes in and greets me by name, by name, and has a nice conversation with me every single day. Her and her son are the coolest. This is not for you. This is not towards you. This is not towards the elderly who like to help the young people 
get off the drugs and help them uh, find their place in this world. This is not for the elderly who deserve my respect to the fullest. This, my fine friends, is towards the hate-filled, bitter, angry, frustrated old people who just can't respect anyone. Not their peers and not, and definitely not the younger generations. These are the people who wheel in locations whether on a chair or on their walkers or just shuffle their feet in and they just piss and moan and bitch just for the sake of pissing and moaning and bitching. They think the world should be weighted on them hand and foot. They have no respect for anybody or anything. They are so filled with hate and bitterness because their lives didn't turn out the way they wanted them to and they think that everybody should take care of them now i thought a lot about this i was gonna go on a bigger rant towards these elderly people and i'm i'm not wrong in a sense because these are the same people who will cut you off and then go two miles an hour in front of you on a fucking freeway. These are the same people who will cut you off while you're shopping and stand there looking like a chicken with a like a turkey when they look up at the rain. Like, what is that? I don't understand how rain works. Uh. These are the same people who shit themselves and then go in public and stink and reek of their own filth. These are the same people who will not get washed, not for fear of falling and hurting their hip, but for the, you know, I didn't feel like it. Fuck everyone else. Let them smell my musk. Listen, I get it. You're miserable. Things didn't end up where you wanted to end up. Everybody wants to be a millionaire living in a Playboy fucking mansion with bitches giving you SpongeBob uh, baths. I get it. I fucking get it. Trust me. I would love that to be my end game. I would. I would adore that. But only one gal for me. You know who. But uh, listen. I want. I wanted to just peel in. And just destroy you. But you know what? It's not your fault. It's not. And let me tell you, viewers, listeners, listeners, let me tell you something. It's your fault. That's right. It's the kids of these people's fault. You bastards put these people in retirement homes and you abandon them in their houses alone. You won't take the time of day to interact with these cranky curmuffins of elderliness. These people are bitter because they're lonely. And they're lonely because their kids abandon them. You need to go and get your elderly. You need to go to your grandmother, your mother, or whoever at the time who's in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and you need to spend some fucking time with them. I know it's uncomfortable, especially the most racist of fucking elderly. Oh, God. Sitting in a room and hearing derogatory terms 
on a <laughs> on a secondly basis as they rant about how this country's not as good as it was and that everybody should be enslaved to the white man. It's not great. It's not great. Stop it. Stop it. Just just eat your oatmeal and sit there in your shitty diaper. I'll change you in a minute. You you need to take responsibility. You need to go find your grandmother, your mother, and you need to take care of them. You need to walk them around the grocery store like a child on a leash. You need to do the shopping for them and take care of them. Because guess what? They wipe your stinky, rotten, fucking shitty diapers when you spewed immense diarrhea into your pants. They took care of you when you were an ignorant, angry, pissy teenager. They took care of you. So take some time and take care of your elderly. I, this is a show about self-reflection. Now, I recorded once before this in another show, and I went off. I even said about how they should get a waifu pillow, and the old crusty bastard could get his old crusty dick wet on the pillow, just fucking it, because they don't have anybody who loves them and cares about them. And then I realized, that's real. That's real as shit. Nobody loves them. Nobody wants to be around them. Granted, it's because they're assholes, but really, they just want to be loved. They just want their fucking kids to interact with them, to take time out of their day, to go find them in, in the retirement home and just visit. Imagine being in, like, prison, a, and all you do is to be stuck in a wheelchair, building arts and crafts all day while some pissy bitch nurses try and force feed you pills and gelatin and yeah I, I reflected on this a lot so to the elderly I'm not going to apologize to you ignorant fucks that does not give you the right to go to someone else and treat them like dog shit I'm not the one who hurts you I'm not the one who stopped you from your goals Treat me with some fucking respect and class. You came from the era of respect and class. Fucking take what you learn and use it in real fucking life. Do something productive while you, with what time you have left. And to the fucking kids of these people, fucking visit them. Give them something to look forward to. Just do something. Make it worth their wild, for fuck's sake. While we're on... The topic of the elderly. Oh, Betty. What are we doing? Listen, Betty. You know you want me. You know you need me. Hell, you might not even know who I am, but you could feel it deep in the cockles of your heart. Betty, you are the most beautiful elderly woman I have ever met. The shimmering sparkle in your eye when you say something clever as shit and you know it. You fucking rapscallion, you. Betty, I want to be honest with you. Time is running out. I read an article the other day where you were planning your own funeral. That's unacceptable.
That is absolutely unacceptable. What you need to be planning, betting flight, is a road trip, is a plane ride to my home to hop upon this bed where I will treat you like a goddess. I will use whipped cream. I will use bondage. I will use whatever you want. I will rock your fucking world. I will blow 10 years of dust off that coach. I will take you to the other side and you will see God. Well, hopefully, not literally in the sense of you dying, but listen, I'm trying to be romantic. Chapel, listen. <laughs> but seriously, Betty White, I know you're waiting for me. I know you want me. I know you want to experience the Machiavelli. And I'm not going to apologize. No, no, no. We both know that we are soulmates and we need to experience each other's fertility once and for all. I'm going to blow your fucking mind when I blow my load. Betty, I'm waiting for you, baby. Come home to daddy and I will take care of you. You don't got to do shit no more. I will. Just make everything worthwhile. I love you, Betty. And I'm waiting. So that was a long fucking show. I really did not expect it to be that long. That's what she said. Giggity. But it was uh, an experience that I really had the pleasure of doing i had fun and uh i hope you like it uh let me know how you like it i will start the facebook page the you know twitter i have instagram etc etc uh later tonight because it's already 12 12 a.m jesus christ so um keep an eye out Because there's some big shit going down. I heard some interesting news about Mr. Nutter. So I'm getting a little nervous. But uh, let's, let's close this show. We had a lot of fun today. We uh, talked about some interesting topics. And uh, I want you guys to think about this. I want you guys to look forward to your families, look forward to your friends and your lovers, take them all and love them, cherish them, and take care of each other, always. Look forward to the future and hope things get better. Don't look at your past mistakes, don't fear the future, embrace it, because not every day is a right, it's a gift, and one day, That gift will be taken away and will be stored away on the shelf of holy majesty. So just care about each other. Take care of each other and end the hate, end the disgusting wars between each other. Because there's only one planet, despite there being millions in the 
galaxy, there's only one planet for us. So we need to team up, take care of it, and take care of each other. And that's not hippie talk. That's just reality. Because at the end of the day, all we have is each other. So just wake up, smell the roses, and feel each other's love. That's it for me. That has been Machiavelli's Mind. So do me a favor and give me a hug. A little bit closer. Yeah, that's it. All right. Good night, ladies and gentlemen.